0: Welcome to Inside Out The Prevent Strategy, Reasons for Engagement and Disengagement. This particular podcast will focus on the rationale for initially engaging with the OSCT, Office for Security and Counterterrorism under the Home Office's prevent strategy and reasons why eventually entities disengaged and or lost funding, um, as an eventuality. And I do not intend to focus on the general premise and foundation of Prevent. Instead, I want to take the listener through uh, chronology of a particular organisation, the one that I founded, Strategy to Reach, Empower and Educate Teenagers, Street, and our rationale for engaging our reasoning behind that and what preceded such engagement and and by conclusion and default what succeeded such engagement the catchment area 4th street was south london and targeting convert muslims and second third generation um, african caribbean um, individuals as well muslims and non-Muslims alike, but predominantly Muslims. And it's well-known and well-documented throughout academic and historical records the negative relationship and challenging um, engagement Black communities had and continue to have with the authorities, the police in particular. And I highlighted this in a particular chapter that I contributed to, in a book entitled "Counterterrorism: Community-Based Approaches to Preventing Terror Crime, edited by Professor Basia Spalik, And I stated as follows, quote, a common grassroots perception of the police and interaction with various communities, irrespective of religious affiliation, was that it was based primarily on informant relationships, using and or coercing communities to provide intelligence on its members who were suspected of criminal activity. Thus, there existed a perception that approaches to communities were largely community targeted, close quote. And by community targeted, what I mean is none other than the police and authorities focusing on black communities as suspect communities. When the preferred strategy is that of community focused, which I will elaborate upon as we go through this podcast. Community focused being none other than partnership engagement on equal terms. I elaborated even more on this point, uh, further on in this chapter, page 79, where I said, quote, the key factor in any potentially successful work in partnership between community and police lies in the nature and terms of engagement. This would subsequently determine the parameters of an ensuing agreement." Close quote. Following the terrorist attacks of 7-7, in which a convert, Jermaine Lindsay, was identified, the spotlight on convert Muslims and communities like mine, Brixton community, increased. And the focus was on such that demographics were converts, were more susceptible to violent extremism. My subsequent PhD examined that very um, topic. And what was also unhelpful alongside that focus is that we had the larger populace of Muslims, voices from amongst the South Asian communities, also confirming or endorsing that message that the extremism and violent radicalization emanated largely from, or disproportionately from among the convert community. Now, with these particular um, factors becoming even more prevalent due to the threat of homegrown extremism, other entities also came to the fore and started examining the best way and the best approach in thwarting any threats or further threats of homegrown extremism, and looking at strategies in in which to combat them. And one such entity was demos, a think tank, that examined and brought together community members and engaged with statutory bodies to to produce research that the government would subsequently look at and review. And Demos asked me to be part of that steering um, group, and I was, and they came forward with research um, entitled Bringing It Home, Community-Based Approaches to Counterterrorism. Now, on page 15 of this report, they mentioned, Bringing It Home argues that we need to put communities at the heart of our approaches to counterterrorism for four reasons. Among those reasons I mentioned, third, while the state must also play a role, communities must take the lead in tackling problems that either create grievances or hinder their ability to organize, such as poverty, poor educational and employment attainment, and the paucity of effective leadership and representation. Finally, the police and security service cannot act without the consent of the communities they are there to protect. Further along on the same page, the report continued, a community-based approach to counter-terrorism must be underpinned by four principles. First, it must be locally based and recognize and respond to the differences within the Muslim community, which is far from homogenous. Second, it needs to be rooted in an understanding of faith without which it is easy for the government and security forces to misread the signs within the community, close quote. So with these observations from bringing it home together and bringing it home, sorry. There was a will, if I could um, use that phrase, to really see if there was a space where statutory bodies and communities could engage to look outwardly and tackle the threat of homegrown extremism and radicalization. As I mentioned, um, there was a knee-jerk reaction from the government following 7-7. We already um, had the events of 9-11, which were still fresh in the memory of many and other attacks taking place across some of the Western societies. The UK government had already bungled its approach to engage with particular segments of the Muslim community following the events of 7-7. And they launched Preventing Extremism Together, PET. And this was considered a wasted opportunity simply because of the speed at which the government tried to react, the knee-jerk reaction I just mentioned. And then they went to the usual suspects, those who were not even representative of Muslim communities and didn't know a thing about the causes behind radicalization, marginalization, um, and the like. But as one of the um, officers who Demos had approached to contribute to this report stated, quote, never mind the hard to reach. What about identifying groups that understand Al-Qaeda, who represent less than 5%? We should focus more on the community's own counterterrorism experience and then export this to the authorities, not necessarily the other way round. close quote. And when we follow on from these um, statements and these observations um, from demos and from individuals who were interviewed, we see that demos states emphatically in their report, and this caused initial contention amongst um, the other steer group members and other stakeholders, where they stated, quote, on page 62 of their report, the government must greatly enhance its partnership with the Salafi community, close quote. Now, being part of that steering group, being involved in discussions, considering the history that the black communities had with the authorities, Muslim and otherwise, I considered it, alongside colleagues I'd engaged and consulted, that we needed to have more than just a knee-jerk reactionary response to the marginalisation and ill-treatment that we had been on the receiving end of for decades with the authorities. And as we had younger members of the community coming up, we had second-generation converts from us coming up. We wanted to provide them with a space and a platform on, on, upon which they could proactively participate in society without the stigmatization that we were raised within, without the stereotyping that we had to face as we were growing. So when this Demos report was advocating engagement and mentioned the Salafi community, of which I'm a part, in emphatic detail and the government and other statutory bodies started to listen. This is when we felt it would be an opportunity to explore community focused, not community targeted, community focused partnership where facilitatory engagement could take place to enable us to operate as we have been operating for many decades now without interference, without stigmatization, without stereotyping, without being um, uh, targeted as we had been during our youth and um, um, upbringing. And this was one of the influential factors that made us decide to look more into the invitation from the government, OSCT, to apply for funding. Now streets, was in existence before the Preventing Violent Extremism Pathfinder Fund, which came about in February 2007, emerged. Street was established informally in 2006, and we became official in March, um, March that year. Now, considering those factors, considering that the Preventing Violent Extremism and Pathfinder Fund had considered and taken into consideration some of the observations that had been made by demos about engagement, about community partnership. Again, I repeat, it seemed at that particular time, 2007, that a new trajectory and space of community statutory partnership, grassroots, bottom-up led initiatives could actually start taking place where community work would be recognized respected and supported the demos report listed street as the fifth case study and provided a summary of the activities that the organization was involved in and it surprised us me in particular to find that the Preventing Violent Violent Extremism Pathfinder Fund, which came out almost a year later, February 2007, had also cited Street as a case study. And they had not even approached or communicated or engaged with us, and there was no such funding or anything even being thought about at that particular time. And I want to refer to that case study that was mentioned in the Preventing Violent Extremism Pathfinder Fund, where it stated the Streets Project, S on the end, which is incorrect. This program works with young Muslims who feel that they are unaccepted or unable to access the environment and support of their community and mosque. Very often, these young people tend to be further excluded from schools or colleges and by default are seen as bad role models or troublemakers within their community. The project engages with these young people to empower them To make their voices heard on a wider societal level. It relies on regular small-scale meetings in which young people can discuss issues of relevance to their lives from a religious and cultural perspective, close quote. I'm not quite sure where um, those details were obtained. They are loosely um, correct. Um, I can only assume that it came from the Demos um, report or from others who were increasingly familiar with the work that street was doing. But going, staying with that report, the, one of the objectives of their funding initially before it became prevent was, as they state in clause eight, quote, at its heart, building community cohesion is about bu- building better social relations. This improves well-being, reduces disorder and makes communities more resilient and able to solve their own problems cohesive communities help in our efforts against extremism of all varieties but work on preventing violent extremism in the name of islam requires something else as well close quote. so obviously the government were reacting to the demos report and other factors and looking at projects which they could refer to and possibly fund more specifically Clause 24 of that same Pathfinder report refers to partnership, and I'll quote that as well. Programs will be developed in partnership with other agencies locally, including the police, third sector and local Muslim and perhaps other faith organizations. Local authorities will want to consider whether they need to develop a more detailed understanding of the range of local Muslim and other organizations and key individuals with whom they can work. Resource might be used to broaden the range of contacts and networks, particularly those engaging young people and women for whom opportunities to express views and participate and participation can be limited. So far, I've referred to statutory bodies and their enthusiasm, or for want of a better understanding or phrase, their requirement to engage with a wider catchment of credible Muslim leaders and organizations. So now it's really important to look at what the target audience which would be the youth, those among our communities, thought of such an engagement, of such a strategy. And referring to the demos report again, they acknowledged this and stated, quote, on page 60, working at the community level is hard to get right and requires governments to let go, which is risky when the wrong choices have such serious consequences. Community organisations must retain the confidence of the people who are using them. If users feel that an institution they trust to support them in everyday life has a parallel parallel agenda, its credibility is lost and with it any possible value that it could deliver to the wider public service and security goals. Close quote. And many accusations have been levelled at street at the Brixton community. And I want to put out now that it comes from individuals who themselves have apprehension and fear and a begrudging respect for these entities. Because without shadow of a doubt, when looking at the Brixton convert community over the years, it remains one of the most robust and most resilient communities, which statutory bodies especially the police have always been very very cautious to deal with and engage with adversely because of those characteristics of resilience and robustness and many of the convert community as i will elaborate upon very shortly have had challenging engagements and circumstances with the police, many have been incarcerated, not a great deal, but I say many proportionally speaking, or brushes with the law throughout their lives. And suffice it to say that when prevent funding was being provided to street and local funding, there was concern by the head of the um, Lambeth Council mr woodward dean woodward i think his name was that when we did our crb checks he saw that our most effective workers had a history with regards to various aspects of criminality for which some of them had been imprisoned yet they were the most successful employees who engaged the most successfully with target audience audience members. And some may question and doubt what I'm putting forward here now. But as is known from the recordings that I have been doing, I like to provide and proffer evidence. So I will quote from another chapter of a book that I contributed to, Young Muslims Sorry, Young British Muslims Between Rhetoric and Realities, edited by Dr. Sardik Hamid. And it refers to an interview that I held with two individuals who come from um, the wider South London community um, and who had been convicted previously for criminal criminal, um, behaviour, violence in particular. And one of them, and I'm giving a pseudonym, um, or sorry, an, an alias called Eunice, He quotes as follows. There are many factors that pulled us away from the gang life and violence. You start to get tired and you're seeing man dying. You're getting the phone calls. It's just just ongoing and it makes you depressed. The other thing was the help that we got. Organisations such as Street, the fact that they were Muslim, I'm gonna highlight that. If they were not Muslim organisations, then they would not have been able to get us how they did. Like, we never saw a Muslim organisation that would come to us, coming to our estates and say, yeah, we're going to take you out to lunch. We're going to go on a trip. We're going to play football and stuff like that. There were other organisations, community centres that were, were ongoing. But the fact that they, Street, were Muslim, this sort of helped us. We had these brothers behind us, backing us, helping us, close quote. He continued, quote, The first thing that the brothers from Street did, they did something which was quite smart. They said, this is your centre. You lot are going to be working here. This is for you lot. It's not for us. Everything you see here is for you lot. They sort of brought us in, close quote. Now, another older peer of Eunice, he then stated in interview, quote, When they, Eunice and some of his peers started working there at Street, that gave it a seal of approval for us to see one of us working there, your own brothers, your own generation. He's working there and you trust him. And Eunice confirmed that, close quote of that statement from Ray Han. And Eunice confirmed that saying, and that approach, I think that was unique because you didn't have no other organization that took man from the grassroots and say, yeah, this is for you lot. It gave us responsibility, close quote. So these are the comments from individuals who engaged with Street and subsequently worked with Street. And their peers who were seeing this from the streets, their peers who were hearing about this from prison would be leaving and requesting that they engage via the Youth Offending Service, via London Probation Services, That they come out and as part of that obligatory requirement to um, engage with a body uh, after they've been released, they wanted a Muslim organization and street was one of the few that was in existence to engage. In conclusion. And to reinforce. This. This premise of engagement and reasoning why street moved towards this space of engagement it's necessary to quote a case study report from jack barclay in which he observed about the organization quote street which was created and is run largely by members of a muslim community in south london works with at-risk youth to divert them from involvement in antisocial behavior, gang violence, and violent extremism, and toward leading more productive and positive lives. The street mentoring approach, aspects of which will be familiar to those with experience in counter-gang work, are combined with deep theological expertise and some innovative counter-radicalization techniques to considerable effect especially in cases where individuals demonstrate support for extremist jihadist ideologies, close quote. The strap line for Street is, it is for you from people like you. And this continues to resonate with those who engage with Street at various levels today.